is when you're having those conversations with your kiddos in the car on the way to dance class or soccer games, huh? you can always ask them, well, like, doesn't that just sound like something that came out of a book? Just randomly, randomly saying, didn't I read that in a book? Wasn't that a story? Even though you may not have actually read a book with that scenario, we all know some writer wrote it. And what happens is that triggers the kid. And they're like, wait, did that happen in a book? I need to find that book because now I need to know how that character in the book solved their friendship problem or solved their math test problem or whatever it is that they're talking about because real life is in every book we read in some aspect. This is the M Squared Podcast featuring author Miranda Mathis. You will hear tips, tricks, and inspiration that will help you raise and educate little ones who are happy, safe, and kind. Enjoy the show. Hey, I'm producer Sarah, and I'm extra excited about this episode because it's focusing on reading at home and as a family. This is something I grew up with and have some of my best memories from. My dad read aloud to my whole family from our little years all the way through high school. We loved it that much. I honestly don't think I would have been as interested in books if they hadn't instilled that in me and made it fun from a young age. But enough about me. I'm here with author Miranda Mathis, as always, and joining Miranda and I today is Kiria Collada, who will be sharing some ideas and tips for getting in more reading time as a family. Be sure to catch the end of the show where we always share a simple action item or two that you can use to start making progress in that area. Don't let these ideas just be ideas. Let's put them into action. Welcome, Kiria. Hello, Miranda. Glad to be with both of you today. We are elated to have you join us today. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So, Kiria, can you start off by giving us a glimpse of who you are and what you do? Okay, great. I am a former television journalist turned literacy lover. I mean, I was always a literacy lover, but turned that into a profession, um, helping multilingual families embrace reading in multiple languages and making that their lifelong journey. So cool. Wonderful. How many, do you speak other languages and what languages do you speak? I do. I'm not fluent in other languages, um, depending on how you define fluency, because uh, that is also an evolving uh, definition these days. Um, but uh, Russian, German, I did German in junior high and high school. Russian is from Ancestry and um, currently studying French. Uh, which I'm finding the goal with French was to practice um, one of the Romance languages, but also to prepare myself for Chinese and for wow. Arabic. Uh, okay. yeah, so those are cool languages. And I also have ASL. Um, so most people don't consider ASL a, a second language or a third language, but it is also another language. It totally is, yeah. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome that is awesome well let's just get right into it how about that yes um when it comes to children we know they are often distracted when it comes to reading especially in classrooms around their friends um it's just they are just 
involved in everything. Why do you think it's so important to, to intentionally encourage and push children to read more? Why is reading so important and for them to be engaged by it? Oh, this is such a great question. And I, I was like so excited when I saw this question in the email <laughs> because reading is just, it's beyond important. So first off is that reading is the key to everything. That it, it literally does open up doors for their entire life. So that's really important part of it. Also, reading is another form of play. And play we know with research has proven to be one of the most important things that enables re it enables learning, period. So you have physical play and movement and action and all of that that's so important in learning. And the same thing happens for your brain when you're in that space of reading, especially fiction. Fiction is like super important. That's like, I have a lot of clients who are like, oh, my kids read all these nonfiction and they read all these great books and all of this stuff and classics. And I I'm, don't get me wrong, I love the classics. Nonfiction is great. However, they get so tunnel vision on they read nonfiction and it, it's it, that's that's the thing that's like the worst they should be reading they should be reading fiction because it's the playground for the brain and what happens when the playground for brain expands it expands their imagination and what in the real world pretend time and, and imagination does is create problem solving skills the number one thing that all job providers want is a employee who can solve a problem. If they can't solve a problem, they're not going to be great employees. And that is created naturally. You can't read a book on how to solve a problem unless you're reading a fairy tale. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> that is the most important thing about getting them to read is pushing them to read. Um, and I say pushing, but like, you, you can't, you can only push a kid so far, you know, they, and especially if they don't have the coding, if they don't know the mysteries of putting sounds together to make words that make sense, if they don't have that, you're going to struggle with teaching them to read or getting them to read, not even the teaching them to read, getting them to read and getting them to fall in love with it. They need to know the mystery first. Absolutely. I mean, kids, they, they are full of energy and they're so creative and mm -hmm. if you don't zone in on that creative piece or that part of them you lose them they'll sit there like this they'll go to sleep mm -hmm. but learning should be fun I know when I was growing up you know I had strict teachers and learning wasn't always fun <laughs> but now I've learned that kids when you when they're engaged in what you're saying look at them and put them in front of a television or in front of the iPad. We know the animated characters aren't real. They can't run through fire and not get burned. However, they learn certain things about that. They learn certain things through animated characters because it engages them. It brings out that creative um, sense and, and that lives on the inside of them. And they want to, to, to learn more, to be, to get more involved in what they're learning. Flashcards. If you don't yes. have a flashcard picture, forget it. You need the you need the words and a picture for them to say apple, because that's what they eat. They see it every day. 
So what you said was phenomenal, phenomenal. And I agree with it totally. I, I do I do know that we don't have parents. We have working parents. Let's just face yes. it. And yes. sometimes they are just extremely busy. Mm-hmm. They have to make ends meet and they have to go to work. Yes. So what is it that parents can do to incorporate more reading time in their family routine? This is the hardest challenge. And I run some online book clubs um, and I've been doing online book clubs for about five years now. And so I find a variety of different parents because they're international, but working parents is the number one thing that can make or break a child in their love of reading. And busy parents think, oh no, another thing I need to keep track of. Instead of this is another habit I need to acquire. Reading book time, book talk should be as important as taking a bath and brushing your teeth and going to bed at a certain time. It should be that important. This is one of the things I think um, society is missing globally is that reading has to be even even for the adults who are not fans of reading because the adults that are not fans of reading they just haven't found their thing yet. That's really what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's talking heads in their in their mind, you know, parents telling them, teachers telling them that this isn't good to read and that's not good to read. And then they get into this, this zone of, well, then if that's not good to read, that's not good to read, then I don't like reading. Oh, so I don't have anything to read. <laughs> there's nothing left to read. So yes. there's this, this, this habit that they have acquired because of the talking heads so they need to learn to explore reading as well with their children um but making books important time in the car it, mm-hmm. a lot of kids spend a ton of time in the car and that should be time utilized for audiobooks audiobooks are a beautiful thing to do and so listening to audiobooks you don't you don't have to say anytime we're in the car it's going to be audiobooks only no 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 but you do need to make certain times and make that again a tradition. We're gonna go to gymnastics, you know, on Fridays. So in the car, that 15-minute ride, that's a chapter or two of a book. So you get somewhere and it's important. And again, them listening to the book is still building those problem-solving skills because they don't have the screen showing them what the setting looks like. They don't have the screen telling them what the character looks like. They have to imagine it, which means they have to infer from the the, the audio text, which is a beautiful opportunity. But talking about books, that's another thing. And and this is one of my little takeaways that I wanted to share at the end, but it's totally perfect here, is when you're having those conversations with your kiddos in the car on the way to dance class or soccer games, Huh. You can always ask them, well, like, doesn't that just sound like something that came out of a book? Just randomly, randomly saying, didn't I read that in a book? Wasn't that a story? Even though you may not have actually read a book with that scenario, we all know some writer wrote it. And what happens is that triggers the kid. And they're like, wait. Did that happen in a book? I need to find that book because now I need to know how that character in the book solved their friendship problem or solved their math test problem or whatever it is that they're talking about because real life is in every book we read in some aspect. And that goes down to parables, to fairy tales, to everything. 
it's all there. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It, it, it's, you know, I, um, I created a book, it's a coloring book and it's the story, but they can color and parents can read the story while they color. That's enough. We have to be creative with getting them to be engaged with these books and read the books. I love that idea when you said, hey, did my, a parent saying, didn't I read something about soccer? Because what is that child doing? They're thinking about it. Well, maybe mommy read, let me, let me go, for, here you go, mommy, this is the book. You had no idea. <laughs> exactly. They go searching because they're like, holy cow, this is my new quest. And the same thing is like TV shows and movies that they watch, cartoons that they're watching. But wait, is that based on a book? Mm-hmm. Don't go find out. And majority of the time, yes. And I'm going to say majority, like 75% of the time, anything that we visually take in is... Based on a book, and and you know the, that little credit, that byline is at the bottom of the screen, but it goes by so fast that you miss it. Or on TV shows, it's in the end credits where nobody reads. So <laughs> it's a powerful thing to just use that phrase whenever, whenever. It's so awesome. I agree totally. But tell me, how can teachers get involved in this? How can they assist parents or guardians with this? This is huge. And this is something that I wish I had an audience of teachers that, you know, would would listen. So I'm super excited to share this. First of all, parents don't know a lot. Uh, they don't know a lot at all. So not only do you as the teacher have to teach the child, but you need to teach the parent some of the resources that are available to them. So that way they can go out and help their child the best way they can. So teaching the, ch- the parents about the library system. You know, it's, it's as simple as really kind of just point and direct, but you have to tell them there are things at the library besides books that are useful. And once you get them in the door of the library, that's, that's your half your battle right there. And then they find out those, all these tools and there's, you know, puppet kits and there's, you know, work things for them as well. It's huge. So I really recommend them teaching about that, but also to not require them to read on level at home. On level at school, sure. Let's talk about levels and their grades and their report cards and all of that. But at home, let's just get them reading, period. And it doesn't matter. Picture books, graphic novels, whatever. Just getting them reading at home is all that matters. So those are the two things I really would like teachers help parents do at home no level focus and teaching them about the library systems even the online stuff there's great resources uh, with the libraries online that parents i i teach them and they're like oh my gosh i didn't know that no that is wonderful that is wonderful is there do you have a favorite story um reading about reading transformations or um an experience that you can share with us of course, they have a million. Um, but I, once the kids crack the code, it's up to us who are involved in their reading community. Um, and that's another thing is creating a reading community, um, involving them in book clubs and story times and things like that. Your your bookstores and your libraries all have these things. Um, once they crack that code, it's for us to be transparent with the kiddos about we need to find what your thing is, what you like to read about. 
And it's, it, you're not going to find it in the first book. And we have to keep trying. It's just like riding a bike. You don't do it on the first round. And we need some training wheels along the way. So starting with picture books and chapter books, the early chapter books and all of those kinds of things, I always suggest start off with humor. All, all kids respond to humor great. Start there and then proceed forward with weeding out what they like and what they don't like and knowing that it's going to evolve as they grow. That, wow. that would be... That's wonderful. I see there's a sign behind you. It says you can find magic wherever you look. Sit back and relax. All you need is a book. Oh, look at that. <laughs> this is by Dr. Seuss, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't have my glasses on, but I'm just trying to look. Okay. Tell me about that. What made you have that? as something that is displayed in your home? Um, that really does go back to one of my other transformation stories, which is my own. Um, as a dyslexic, I struggled reading and, you know, I, I've, I'm, I'm literacy is my thing. So I have, I have beat the thing, um, not in the, that I can read perfectly all the time and, or type or write perfectly all the time, but I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. I, I read tons, tons and tons, you know, it, it's at least two kid books a day for sure. Um, and then I read every night something that I enjoy. Um, and then, you know, of course there's the nonfiction that pops in, you know, once a month or so. Uh, so being a dyslexic and going through school, I was told no a lot, a lot. I, I can't do this and I can't do that because I struggle with reading. My biggest thing was math because I, they've again added in the new word for the math version of dyslexia. I have that too. Um, and that's more prevalent. <laughs> but because they told me no, and I knew my library and I, I mean, I set a goal and I read every life, every book on the library shelf, even if I didn't want to read it, even if the cover wasn't appealing, I first read all the appealing ones. And then I came back and read all the rest that were in there. Um, and I had a moderate size library. Um, I realized that they said I couldn't learn algebra and that I was not allowed to take the algebra class because that was too advanced for me. So I took it to my, to the adult section of the book library. And I found that they had textbooks. And they had books for dummies and how-to books. And I found the math section. And I said, I will teach myself because there are words in this book and I can read it. So I taught myself how to do algebra. And, you know, it's only because I could read. I opened that door. And then I, and then I took that theory and I went further with it. And I started exploring space. And then I started exploring foreign languages. You know, I, again, I did have the auditory version of Russian in my life, but not the visual. I didn't have the words. I didn't have the text. I, you know, I didn't know any of that. So, you know, that, that was another quest of mine was, okay, I'm going to learn to read it. Was my pronunciation correct all the time? No, because of course I didn't have somebody telling me that those, but I figured it out mm -hmm. and I just continued that quest. So that's the biggest thing is that books open the world to you. And they also give you respite from the world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. It's open and a respite. You know, you said something that is amazing. Earlier in this conversation, you said you can find a book on anything. 
who would have thought, let me go to the library so I can learn how to do math and read about it. <laughs> Somebody no said no to too many times. Freedom See? is in the library. Freedom is in the library. And that, um, I don't remember which, um, if it was Astor or Lester who said that of the New York, the founders of the New York Library, but one of them said that, and that's why they wanted free access to the library. And it's because the freedom is in there. We can do anything, dream anything, be anything, learn anything, because we can read. And that's why it's so critical to help them read. And having, you know, devices to read with is important. Like the, these things are are useful. And I would rather see, you know, of course, a physical book would be much more important. But using these limited devices. So this has the parent controls and you can require them to read before they get to play their video games. That's, that's, a, that's a setting. It's a setting. Use it. This, yes. this is important. This little one is so important because this blocks, it's one thing. All it does is books. That's all it does. So you can't get distracted. And it's so powerful. You only need books. You know, I, I hate to end this. I know we're, we're pushing for time. And Sarah, I'm going to turn it over to you. Please tell us a little bit about your passion, your mission, your business, whatever you, you want to share. How can people like connect with you and what you do? Absolutely. Thank you. So the House of Education, because education starts at home. So that's the website, the House of Education, uh, dot com and dot net. It's both of them. Um, so <laughs> on Instagram, I mainly uh, am on the treasure chest. Um, it's our book club's. Instagram place where I share how we bring books to life, which is something I didn't get a chance to mention today. What's really helpful for parents is bringing books to life. And that's what we do in our book clubs. We take it from just being a book to being something that you can make, taste, and experience. Um, and what was your other question? Um, your mission, passion, business, let people know where they can find you, all that stuff. Yep. Okay, so the mission is to help families, multilingual families especially, um, know that reading happens in all languages and what you do in one language mm. will translate into another language. And you do not need to lose a language just because you're in a new country, um, be it temporary or permanently. Those languages can stay. It's about your presence and your decision to make reading in those languages happen. And as you mentioned, reading with your family all the way through high school, critical. And especially in these days and time where you need to know that what they're being influenced by is of something that matches your family values. But not only that, it's it's having conversations about things that don't match your family values so that they understand where they come from. Oh yeah, exactly. That is so cool. So much to think about. Oh my gosh. Okay. So two things people can do this week, either teachers or parents or both to encourage reading in the home as a family. Take turn reading. I love the take turn reading. And this is where you get to do a little bit of negotiating depending on the age of your child. And and the interesting thing is, is when they're young, they're going to negotiate for the least amount of reading, and that's okay. And when they're teenagers, they're going to, again, negotiate for the least amount of reading. But doing this together 
is all that matters. So and it's opening up the book and negotiating who's going to start, who's going to read what pages, or are you going to take turns and do voices? All of that negotiation happens. And then just diving in and reading whatever it is. Uh, one thing for parents is finding out whatever the, the new movie is that's coming up that's based on a book, because most likely it is, and reading that. Uh, my son was young. He, he started reading the Twilight books, and I was like, well, I need to know about this. So I checked them out from the library and started reading them along with him. And then when the movies came out two years later, we went to the movie and watched them together and then discussed how horrible the movie was in comparison. And this is a bonding point. And it's also a place where you get to understand their thought processing. They get to understand your thought process, and you just connect on a different level. So it's share that reading together and then share another experience related to that reading he can be being inspired by the ethnicity that the characters are in the book and then going into the kitchen and cooking that food together that's another thing for teachers focus on the reading 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 and and don't focus on the age level and the skill level and encourage picture books encourage picture books because the vocabulary in picture books is not easy reader that's a misnomer that we have about picture books that picture books are supposed to be easy no picture books are about the storytelling and the artwork that accents it absolutely awesome thank you so much kiria we're definitely gonna have you back on again if you're willing um this was so wonderful really appreciate it thank you thank you thanks for listening Head over to msquarebooks.com where you can find all the latest books and hear about upcoming events like live readings. See you next time.